this diaspora But I'ma keep it low-key like a real G Ladies and gents, TBC TBC I think those those people, yep. I think they're together. Yeah. Oh, they, there was definitely some traffic control situation going on here with uh, someone in a Lexus RX 300 minivan-ish thing trying to parallel park in front of us. I think it's just a SUV. Isn't it an SUV? Looks like a minivan from back here, but uh, I guess it's those, riding like, a little high. It's one of those rounded, like, mom SUVs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nothing against moms. Shout-outs to moms. Milf, milf, milf. Aren't uh, all SUVs moms? Women are SUVs? not sexual creatures. Every birth is immaculate. Women. I'm sorry. Mothers are not sexual creatures. All births are immaculate. Yeah, and I've always been under the impression that women aren't sexual creatures. Like, that sounds like a personal observation. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, life experience is all I have to go on, right? <laughs> they yeah. got nothing underneath. Yeah. Nothing under the hood. No, no. Yeah. Uh, like a bunch of Kindles. <laughs> Uh, no, I think the. Is this uh, why you like the bosoms? Because they're visible. Because <laughs> you, you can visually confirm they exist. Uh, yeah. They're, well, there's still trickery involved in that, but yeah. Um, uh, no, I mean, you feel misled as a male consumer, exactly. Or the female form. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes you uh, you cut open the can of and it's not what you expected. That's never happened. That's literally never happened to me. It's always 100% what I expect. <laughs> Although I do a, a very thorough uh, inspection of the cantaloupe before I take it home. Uh, how do you, are you I, a thumper? I, are you, no, I bring, the, I bring a little mini lab with me. Mm. Yeah. You take a little core sample? And... I take my, my rascal in, mm. and I've got the lab built into the side of the rascal. Right on. And so I, you know, I click the little button, and then the lab pops out. Spectrographic analysis. <laughs> That's right. Right on. Yep. Yeah, it makes sense. Got the little Doppler on there to check its density. Yeah. I had the pneumatic tubes that, you know, shoot the sample from one side of the grocery store to the other. It mm. doesn't do anything. No, no. It's just got to make a round trip to be yeah, it's, it's, scientific. Exactly. Yeah. That's more the visual flair for the passerby. Well, yeah. But that's, I mean, that's what half of science is, isn't it? Well, I have a little neon sign that flashes. Science is happening. Science <laughs> is happening. Caution. Beware. You yeah. may be in the science zone. I, I have my my assistant. It's kind of like a magic show. I have like a you know sexy assistant, and she puts down little orange cones. She mm. cones off the traffic at the Ralphs. Some while, flares. Yeah. Well, I have the mobile uh, cantaloupe inspection unit. <laughs> totally working. And then you're going through the entire stack and finding that one perfect cantaloupe. Sure. But, I mean, the dot matrix is spitting out the spectrograph analysis. Mm. Um, I got some. I got some. Uh, what's it called? The earthquake things. Mm. What, what's that thing? Um, reinforcements? No, 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 no. The thing that detects the earthquake. Oh, seismograph? Seismograph, yeah. I yeah. have the seismograph machine just going haywire. Dig. I, I just sort of plug in a 9.9. <laughs> and so it's just, you know... You know they changed the scale? Hmm? It used to be the Richter scale. And there was like... The uh, Allen Richter scale? Well, yeah. And, but uh, the earthquakes used to be measured in like how much ferocity they had or how, how much how much they actually shook the machine. How fucking awesome they were. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But now earthquakes are measured in the amount of damage they do. So like the, um, the classification is like from, you know, three to four. I don't know if it's the actual numbers, but like the difference between pictures shaking on a wall and pictures falling off of a wall is like a literal distinction between like the... the 
you know, uh, amount of an earthquake. Variables there, exactly. The variable is whether or not there's civilization there. So, like, it's it's also like, do you have stuff secured or just kind of like laying about? No, it's gone to this like weirdly, completely unscientific method of measurement because, like, uh, I guess the thinking was that you don't have instruments everywhere, but you have houses or you know things that you can figure or look at. You have human property, exactly. Yeah. Well, I remember reading that. um, Whenever the that big earthquake hit Ecuador recently, mm. all the rich people living in their concrete bunkers were destroyed. <laughs> uh, and the poor people yeah, yeah. that had houses it literally made, made of mud. bamboo oh, were fine. Yeah, totally. Because it's, it's got some give it. to it. Yeah, <laughs> it. It rocked with the waves. Yep. Whereas the concrete is just not rigid forgiving. as fuck. And, yep. Yep. See, much like uh, rich people themselves, the yeah. concrete was completely rigid, unforgiving, mm. would not yield to... Uh, you know, the, the oncoming tide. I feel like there's a destroyed. Three Little Pigs story in there somewhere, but, uh, like, not quite. Because in Three Little Pigs, the brick house was, like, the badass house, but, like, that wasn't an earthquake country. Was that a was that a direct influence on that She's a Brick House song? Yeah, yeah. Is that what they're referencing? Mighty Mighty. No, I don't... Fuck. No, that's, that's Brick Shit House. That's a whole different thing. She's built like a Brick Shit House, you know? But I assume that all goes back to Three Little Pigs. Um, I'm sure everything goes back to Three Little Pigs. Yeah. That was... there's, there's probably like three or four common creative reference points. Mm. Three Little Pigs being the most recent one. Yeah. Uh, same as the Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Pretty much the same there's story. There's Easter Island, there's Three Little Pigs, <laughs> and there's that fish with legs. And that's pretty much the only... Everything is like a, a you know reiteration of those three reference points. What is it? The uh, Three Monkeys Fucking a Fish Squirrel Produce You? Yeah, what? it's a South Park reference. You Don't reference I know. bad television. God, man. Don't reference hack comedy to me. Wow. Oh, uh, I want to point out something, though. Or yeah. point out. I want to just yell at you about something. Yeah. So, in one of your recent um, episodes on the podcast that shall not be named, <laughs> Clitterinkering, as Sam calls it. Uh, Clitterinkering? Clitterinkering, oh, which is how I think of it now. Um <laughs> You guys were talking about, you know, the riots and, uh, or the protests turned riots in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. And you were saying, you know, oh, I, I don't like the protests when they, when they turn violent and cause property damage. Mm-hmm. When did this become our metric for, like, acceptable protests? Property damage. Who gives a shit? Well, no, I mean, that's, like, the turning point. So beyond property damage, cares? you have, like, injury Sometimes, and people okay, dying. Okay, and, people yeah. getting hurt is one thing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, and you're obviously not the first person to bring this up, but people are like, okay, they were protesting and that's their right but they damaged some property like yeah. people seem more concerned about protecting property than well, protecting political rights well the first amendment guarantees right to peaceful protest as soon as your protest becomes unpeaceful yeah, yeah, yeah. then it's no longer protected but that's kind okay. of the whole thing of protesting it's like, also hypocritical it's the gandhi thing because <laughs> the country was founded on violent protests that, no the country was founded on violent uprising and revolution uh-huh. that's different than protest protesting right, because, is the first step because once the, that protesting uh-huh. goes to violence then it becomes revolution i'm not saying i'm not in favor of revolution i we we just went to revolutionary tacos uh but it's a a different state so we're not at the revolution stage yet if we're still just protesting you're not getting your point across if you're causing damage if you're oh i think you are um no i think you're you're counter to your point i think the narrative gets hijacked by people who let's say own a lot of property and as soon as they change that narrative from these people are being suppressed, these rights are being violated, to, well, he damaged a car, he broke a window, he stole a stereo, that, to me, 
Not that it's a made-up thing, but it's irrelevant to the bigger argument. But why is that all of a sudden okay when there's a mob? It's still an illegal act. It's still something we shouldn't be uh, saying no, is it's, good. No, it's fine. It's fine for me to condemn it, but that becomes a conversation. Then it stops being about protests and starts being about you right. know, and criminals that, and thugs and animals and these people were out of control. And that's it's like wh- why? Why did they get out of control? But that, that's why that's the dividing line for uh-huh. me because that that's you know as a protester you need to know that that's the dividing line. But why and is, that's where your message right. gets messed up when you cross that line. I think the, the problem is this reverence for property. Um, I, th- I, th- I think this is capitalism defending itself. Uh, yeah. Of being like, okay, everything's all right. You can exploit people, but you cannot hurt property. No, I mean— Once a, you damage something protest, that another person has paid for, then you've crossed a line. A protest isn't exploiting people. I no, mean, I'm saying the protest is is literally protesting the exploitation of people or the mm-hmm. violation of personal rights. Certainly. And in our society, we go, okay, let's have a conversation about that. But if you smash someone's car, you go to jail, Buster. We're not talking about this. Well, no, it's it's not. I mean, to me, it's not just the the act of damaging property. It's anytime your protest starts to affect other people. Uh-huh. So you know, if you but if you can't have a protest in a vacuum. Well, no, but you can have a protest like uh, a bunch of people gathered outside of a building holding signs. Uh-huh. That is an a, a certainly acceptable way to protest. You're still not allowed to block the sidewalk. You're not allowed to keep people from going into that business, but you're allowed to have your message be heard. And that's what protesting is for. You're not supposed to be able to chain yourself and, and block people from getting to where they're going. If your protest is on the street and it spills over and blocks the highway, I have a huge problem with that. If you're standing along the highway and allowing all the people to see your mm-hmm. signs and see your message, that's certainly one thing. But once you affect my ability to do what I need to do, then you have affected me and you're no longer peacefully protesting you're 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 a terrorist essentially sure but basically what you're doing is asking protesters to play by the rules when they're protesting things that are not playing you're you're asking them to yes that's the whole in in a rigged game like you have to play by the rules the people you're protesting do not that's well that's exactly the point i mean in order for you to be those who live in glass houses can't throw stones i mean if you're going to be a uh, you know calling people out on their shit mm-hmm. you can't be just as horrible as they are that's well, i mean that's kind of the the american ideal the american exceptionalism if you want to call it mm-hmm. that the idea that we're supposed to be um not only better than people better than other countries but showing them that we're better than them by doing things continually the way that we do them regardless of how they would do them. So, you know, when we start taking in prisoners from other countries, we treat them like we would treat American prisoners. We don't all of a sudden turn around and say, oh, you're from Mexico. You treat your prisoners like this. So we're going to treat you like a Mexican prisoner. That's not how things work. That's not how you change a society. You're talking about in American prisons, not CIA black sites. That's a whole different, that's that's <laughs> off the books. That's, we don't do that. No, yeah, that's, well. Well, we, I guess what I'm saying is it feels like we accept a very high level of collateral damage in war, in a traditional warfare environment. That's not acceptable either, but yeah. It is acceptable to most people. No, no, I, I understand what you're saying. In yeah. my personal view, and whereas it's not in the When it comes to mostly peaceful protests, if someone flips a truck over or smashes a window or whatever, suddenly that's going too far. Like, okay, we accidentally bombed a hospital or we, you know, killed 100,000 civilians. That sucks. It's war. What are you going to do? Whereas protesters, it's like, you know, you uh, jaywalked. So your entire movement is now 
invalid. You've lost the support of the public. Well, that's just the imbalance of the system. I mean, that's you're asking the people is, doing the thing to enforce it upon themselves rather uh -huh. than enforce it upon the populace. I mean, they we would love to police the CIA and not let mm -hmm. them do that shit, but we don't really have that power. So, I mean, it is an unbalanced system. It's not fair, but I mean, you you can't just in order to fight a moral fight, you can't say you can't lower yourselves to the morality of the other people that you're saying are immoral. It just doesn't make sense. Well, I don't know if anyone's going to win the moral battle. To me, it's not a battle of, I'm a better person than you. To me, it honestly is more a battle of attention than anything else, of getting people's attention, of getting people, making people aware of things. And that's why I don't like the property argument because it hijacks the narrative and it stops being about whatever the issue of the protest was and becomes about these people being out of control. I think we have the same problem. I think we're just blaming different people. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think that that narrative is just going to exist. So it becomes incumbent upon those protesting to not do those things so that their message actually gets heard. If they stayed away from property damage, then that wouldn't be an issue that could be thrown in their face. Oh, but we, they'd find something. Um, it, I mean, that's just the most egregious. You know, yeah. once it's once you get in other people's way, once you start damaging their property, once but, you start hurting people, then that's going to change the narrative, and it should. I feel like there's just an inherent double standard. Like, to go back to the Ferguson stuff, like, people were more mad about whatever property damage to some storefront or a car. Not to say that that's okay, mm -hmm. but, like, people, certain people would get up in arms about that. And it's like, well, what do you think about police brutality? Oh, well, I don't, I don't know enough, or you know, mm -hmm. I think it's exaggerated, or whatever it is. There's an excuse for everything else, but there's a hard line on you know smashing someone's car window. Well, it's the difference between a protest and a riot. Once no. you start damaging things, that is then a riot, and you know that's not a peaceful yeah, protest. No, but I think sometimes riots are legitimate. Oh, I'm not saying that they're yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I am a big fan of uh, watering the tree of liberty with the, the blood of tyrants. But uh, if it's if you're going to keep calling yourself a protest, then you can't allow that thing to uh, metastasize into a riot. You have to have control over that. I think a riot can be a legitimate form of protest. Um, yes. I mean, it I'm is... I'm not saying this is obviously not peaceful. It can be dangerous. Yeah, it's, can be civil it's civil disobedience. It is, it is protest, but it is not under the definition of peaceful protest. And peaceful protest is what is protected under the First Amendment, right. not protest in general. And Correct. not revolution. Revolution mm -hmm. is certainly not protected. So, I mean, if we're talking about, you know, the constitutional rights, then no, those, those don't exist. Well, and yeah, once you cross the, that line... That's the inherent tension of being in a, you know, liberal, small-D democratic society yeah. where the society must retain, remain intact, mm -hmm. but you also want to protect these freedoms, and how far do you stretch it? Right, and the whole idea was that we were going to build a system that wouldn't require a revolution because we could do things peacefully right. and through the be proper channels. release valves. Exactly, yeah. And so, that I mean, that's, that's why we... I mean... If we didn't crack down on that, would we just say, oh, the kids are protesting every time there's a riot? I mean, every time things... Well, I, my point I mean, of should, view... Like the L.A. riots. Yeah. Should we not have tried to shut that down because it was no, a protest? Of course we should. I mean... Of course they should have. But my point of view is more something is seriously wrong oh, fuck when yeah. they become riots. And rather than just trying to prosecute the, the small shit, the, you know, the petty larcenies and stuff the conversation should really be focused on why did this explode? Oh. As opposed to we gotta, you know, arrest these 12 individuals or whatever it is. Like, 
okay, we need to have a conversation about what's actually happening here. Because people, I don't think people inherently want to fuck shit up. I don't think people want to riot. Mm, Some people do. Yeah. In general, though, the average person just wants to go about their day. But once that flips, once that switch gets flipped, uh-huh. I think normal people get very drawn into that. Once you're on um, the... can, but I, I, I don't... I guess what I'm saying is I don't think people are looking... I don't think the average person is looking for an excuse to riot. Um... I don't think so. No, but I think it becomes a very easy, natural progression from a an angry, angry protest to a riot, and sure, that is the the thing that you just have to uh, be aware of and watch out for. Um, once it becomes, you know, that once you cross that line, man, it is a different thing, and it needs to be treated differently. Um, it's like if you're dealing with a. <sighs> When that riot happens, you your first priority, just like any emergency situation, is to deal with the emergency itself. Mm-hmm. When there's when there's a building on fire, the first priority is to put out the fire. Then you figure out why the fire happened and try and stop it from happening again. But once that riot starts happening, we need to address the people. You know, there, there's people's mm-hmm. houses getting broken into. Yeah. If my car got fu- fucked up in a riot, I'm not just going to say, oh, they were protesters. I'm no, still going to be not. fucking pissed. Totally. And, you know, there's going to be shit. I mean, I have insurance, so um, actually, I'm not even sure if insurance covers a riot. That's a whole weird thing. But um, it's it's still it, it, it just crosses that line. And you know, if we are going to go into armed revolution, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. But we kind of need a, uh, a declaration of that. I think at the end of the day, it's important to remember that property, however valuable, is inherently replaceable. Mm-hmm. Human beings are not. Right, but I feel like that the, the concern, at least from my perspective, is more for the pro- property than for the mm. people involved in the riot. Whether it's the cops, the protesters, people caught in the middle, that seems to have less concern than oh my god, look at the number, the number of property damage they did here. Look oh yeah, at what it will cost to replace this? But stuff. That, I mean that that's just getting down to who actually has control in the society. Sure. And the people that have control are the people with the money. And the people with the money are the ones that are getting their shit fucked up. So those are the ones that are going to be making the most vocal outreach to the elected officials. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the ones that actually pay the taxes that support the fucking town. So if Those it's people a, don't pay taxes. Well, if it's a choice between backing the store owners that stuff is getting jacked or backing the people on the street that are mm-hmm. revolting, the, you know, the the establishment is going to back where their taxes come from. It's not. Well, I'm talking more about the the news narrative. Same thing, though. Yeah, no, it's it's all tied in together. Yeah, I mean the, those storefronts advertise on the news, so the, you know, the national conversation seems to revolve around numbers mm-hmm. after these things occur. Yeah, than about what happens to the people involved on either side or why they happen to begin yeah. with. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, and that would certainly be a more useful conversation, but um, I still don't think it's... I mean, there's enough blame to go around everywhere, but um, I do think it is the responsibility of those protesting to protest responsibly. And well, if, you, if... Okay, if a riot breaks out, mm-hmm. who do you think is more responsible? Cops or the protesters turned rioters? Um, that's a delicate situation because each one is different and some are instigated by cops and some are instigated by the rioters. Yeah, I'm not talking about who, who started it. I'm saying in this situation, in this dangerous situation, who is the more responsible party? Um, 
Again, I, I, it's, it, I don't. I understand. I'm asking a difficult question. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I don't know that there is a technical responsibility. It's kind my, of one of those culmination, overflowing, boiling pot sort of things. My morality on this is that the cops have to be more responsible. Not oh. to say that people don't have their own individual responsibility, right, right. but if you are an agent of the state or the mm-hmm. federal government or whatever, yeah, and this is a job you voluntarily accepted. Mm-hmm then you have to essentially be the higher morality. Right, right. You have to be better than the people that you're fighting against. Exactly. And I know that's hard. I know that's not an easy thing to do. I know it's asking a lot of someone. But that is literally your job. And I feel like that's the argument that's made. It's like, well, they're they're doing this, so we have to counter it. Totally. Like, no, that's what I've been saying. Is, you know, excused or is excusable yeah. because we have to quell the protest. And I don't think that's true. No, not at all. And yeah, um, when you were saying responsible, I was thinking you meant like who, who started. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 Where, where it culminates from. But yes, in that instance, the, the authority always has uh, the responsibility incumbent upon them to take the higher moral ground. Right. As soon as you start lowering yourself, then it just becomes a, a race to the bottom, essentially. You know, once once the police break, break ranks, then that just opens it up for everyone in the protest to turn into a revolutionary fighter. Well, and this leads into the bigger issue, in my opinion, of you know police self-protection, where obviously this is a dangerous job, mm-hmm. and I'm extremely sympathetic to people who take it. Mm. I know it's stressful and difficult and dangerous, yeah. but I feel like they're given such insane yeah. leniency in terms of like, well, he touched his hip, so I thought yep. he had a gun, so I lit him up 18 times. Exactly. And it's like just... Completely forgivable. That blue line bullshit, like yeah. when you fuck with one cop, you it's fucked like, with every cop. And, well, it's more like... Well, that was the Dornan thing, in, why they fucking lit up that pickup truck that had, like, uh, two old ladies delivering newspapers because they thought it was Dornan or someone said it was Dornan. Right. And then, like, you know, eight, eight what was it, 20 cops or something like right. that just unloaded into this pickup truck with, like, two poor right. old ladies in it. The idea that anything is defensible if you're a cop, and if you're not a cop, you can't possibly understand it, and you can't judge them. Yeah, exactly. Like, that to me is... Judge very, Dredd. Well, that's very scary talk. Yeah. It's like the the idea of like, well, how dare you ever criticize the military if you're not in the military? Exactly. It's yep. like, well, isn't that the whole point to have civilian oversight? Mm-hmm. Like, I think the whole point is people who aren't in the police should criticize the police and, you know, support them as well, but should have a conversation. Like, they sh- their voices should be heard. And just because you don't have that job or have that experience doesn't mean you don't have something valuable to add to the conversation. Totally. Now, that doesn't mean cops have to do, have to take every suggestion the public has, because obviously the public are a bunch of dummies. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the cops are pulled from the public, so there are plenty of dummies there, too. Yeah. And there are very smart, hardworking, um, admirable people working as police officers as well. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, it seems like they're given such leeway in terms of the... The shooting, the killing. Well, and we—I think I've talked about this before, but it's—it's it's actually not a dangerous job, or it's not—it's oh, yeah. never on the list right. of like top ten dangerous jobs. Sure. Um, I mean, like I said, I've had three jobs that have been higher on the list than police officer, and I was given nowhere near the respect that a, uh, a police officer is supposed to be shown. So it's—I it, don't know. To me, it's just—you're uh, actually less likely as a police officer to be killed in the job than just about any other or. Uh, to be murdered in the job right. than just about any other profession. Which I, is- just, I feel like as a society, at least as Americans, because we are better than the rest, mm-hmm. um, you, we have to demand higher <laughs> standards of someone that we're giving a gun. 
Like, you can have the gun, but you have to be better than the people you're policing, in my opinion. Uh, oh, yeah. If we're, I mean, if we're talking about the government actually uh, giving a gun to police, right. yes. Um, as far as the, the general populace having guns, um, uh, that's a little bit, should be a little bit looser definition. Well, but I, if we're going to put people in charge, if yeah, police officers definitely need better screening and better oversight than we have right now. Like, if you're in a shootout with someone, I get it fire back, that's yeah. never a problem. But if someone you suspect might have a gun or they pull a knife or something, yeah. you don't just drop them. Well, the the military protocol, from my understanding, is for the most part, you do not fire unless you are fired upon. Right. So no matter what, no matter how you scared you are, line, exactly, yeah. yeah. And that should be the same, you know, it should not It should be even a higher line for police. Does that fall uh, under rules of engagement or am I making that up? No, that sounds about right, but that might I just be a Tom Clancy term. thing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Someone, someone on Twitter.com recently called Rules of Engagement the most racist movie ever made, huh. which really piqued my interest. And that's the one with Will Smith, right? That's the one with Samuel L. Jackson, you racist. Oh, I am a racist. Just remember to text before calling.